0: Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntlybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com um, So, ko te maunga, ko waitamata slash hodaki te moana, ko te waka, ko Mangere Baptist Church, tōku Farikarikia tō kotirana tōku iwi, for Barrett, tōku hapu. Susan, Mary, Elizabeth, tōku Ingua, Tinakoto Tinakoto Tinatato katoa. Kia ora. And uh, also ngā nui kia kurawa to uh, Jenny and Murray for having me. It is a joy to be here. I actually, um, this morning when I came in, it just felt like home, just feels like home to me. And um, I've often, I've often like... Um, Shared and because you know I go to a lot of churches and I and I share a lot about the work of Cap, um, but I have a soft spot for Huntley. Don't tell anybody that, but. I definitely do. I think uh, you guys are just wonderful and um, your hospitality and the way that you, yeah, like I said, whakamana people, I think it is, um, it's just outstanding. And um, so it's a joy to be able to work with you all and, and to be here. So um, yeah, so uh, this morning I'm going to share a, a little bit about um, the wider work of CAP. Um, I know most of you know CAP pretty well already, so um, there might be some repetition in there, but for those of you who haven't, hopefully you learned something new. And I want to share a little bit about what you guys have been doing over the last five years, because it's pretty amazing. And, um, and also just want to invite us into um, just thinking and reflecting about what God is doing um, now in your heart um, in this season. And I'm going to share with you a story, um, Gemma, who is um, one of our clients, who um, has had an amazing journey of, of transformation as well. So. Just a little bit about me to start, so as I mentioned, um, so I'm a second generation New Zealander, so my grandparents emigrated uh, from Scotland in the 50s and 60s on a boat called the Rangatoto, and um, last time I was here Jeremy shared that actually the waka that he came on uh, might have even been a sister ship of that one, so it's pretty cool, I feel like I'm related to you guys now. Um, So, yeah, and I am originally kind of raised uh, in Whangaparoa, so in the shadow of Rangatoto there in the Waitemata. Um, But I now live in Māngere, South Auckland, and um, that's where my heart belongs. And I go to a little Baptist church there called Māngere Baptist Church, which is quite similar, actually, to you guys in terms of flavour. A lot less of us, though. There's only like kind of 20 or 30 of us. Um, And we always meet at 4 o'clock on a Sunday, which suits me just fine because it means I can come and hang out with you guys. And then I've got to my own church, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so in terms of um, my journey with CAP, I've been with CAP for three years, and um, just over three years now. My job is to look after people like you, churches like you guys, who are running CAP ministries. So um, the Debt Help Ministry, which you guys have been doing for five years, is obviously our biggest. Um, there are 47, I think, at last count, churches around Aotearoa New Zealand who are running this service, and so there's a team of nine of us who make sure everything's ticking along as it should, make sure you guys are looked after, pray for you, support people like Jeremy who are, um, who are doing this work, so that's my job, and I get to work here in Waikato, and also in Northland, and um, Tairawhiti, Gisborne and um, Whanganui as well, so I get out and about a bit, and it's pretty great, because um, it's actually pretty amazing what God's church is doing. And sometimes it's not always seen. But in my job, I get to s- just meet amazing people like you guys and, um, and support or what's happening, and see what God is doing. And it is really amazing. So, yeah. But I guess, you know, it's not all roses, as we know, out there. In our neighborhoods, in our communities, there's some tough stuff. And at CAP, Christians Against Poverty, we have an opportunity to really see what people are wrestling with. On a day to day basis. And um, this kind of work, it's taught me that um, you don't always know what's going on behind people's smiles, behind their exteriors that say everything's okay. There's a lot of hurting and broken situations that actually need Jesus, need Jesus to heal. There is a church who is out there doing this work, serving and loving. And this morning I really want to celebrate that work, the work of the local church, and acknowledge um, the people who are finding joy, the people who are moving forward. So let's start by looking at uh, a story actually that Jesus shared, it's in Luke 10, and um, I've got for you a bit of a picture to help with your imagination. It's coming up, it's coming up. This is a picture um, of a road, actually, and it's the road that goes between Jerusalem and Jericho. So in Jesus' time, the city of Jericho was an oasis. It was situated near the Jordan River, and it was a very wealthy and busy city. This road was heavily kind of used by salespeople, by worshippers, by tradespeople. It was 15 kilometers between these two cities and about a 1,000 metres descent into the road through a dry and desert area. And actually, some of the locals used to call it the Way of Blood. If you travel to Jericho through this dangerous road, you'd be thinking about lots of things, as you can imagine. Do you have enough food? Do you have enough water? Do you have the proper clothes to, to survive the harsh sun and heat? You'd be thinking also perhaps about the need to protect yourself, to stay in groups, to keep moving as you come through narrow passes. Often they would be caves where robbers might be hiding. And with that picture, I guess, we think about, imagine you on that road. As you carefully approach a narrow pass, you see a heap kind of slumped on the side of the road. And up ahead, you can see somebody else. There's a priest, a holy man which is what the Bible calls them. today's language, we might say a preacher or a pastor. And they kind of move away to avoid this slump on the side of the road. And then behind that person, there's another one, a Levite. So this is somebody who is very noble whakapapa. They are called into worship and spiritual things because of their lineage. Also takes a look at the the slump on the side of the road and moves away to avoid them. Jesus doesn't say in the story why these people didn't stop, but I guess we could make some assumptions. Maybe they didn't want to become ritually unclean by touching someone who'd been left for dead. Maybe in a similar way that if there's a rahui because of a death, we stay away, we keep away. These men might have wanted to stay clean. It could also have been a sense of self-preservation. Stopping here means risking your own life, potentially. Robbers could have been waiting in the shadows, waiting to ambush somebody who stopped. But those two people weren't the only people on the road with you. The third person was called a Samaritan. This person was actually an enemy to the Jews, the Samaritans. And actually the Samaritans were often victims of racism and prejudice themselves. But as Jesus tells the story, the Samaritan was moved by compassion for this Jewish man who'd been beaten, stripped of all his clothes, and left for dead. It's hard not to be struck by that extravagant care for another human being. The Samaritan ignores the danger to himself, kneels down, takes care of the man, meets those immediate needs, enters into that pain and suffering, brings a healing touch. He cleans the man's wounds. He bandages him up, puts his own cloak around him, loads him onto his donkey and finds the nearest place to rest on the dangerous road. Then when he can't stay any longer, he even leaves two days' wages. You know, think about your two days' worth of wages so that this man will be cared for, will be fed, will be looked after and promise even that if that doesn't cover it, he'll pay more when he comes back through that same road. And by responding like this, the man's life is saved. So it's interesting in the story, Jesus says, Who was being a neighbor to the man on the side of the road? Was it the Levite, the holy man? Of course it wasn't, was it? It was the Samaritan, the one who showed mercy, the one who showed compassion. So when we think about our communities, it's really important to acknowledge. That poverty robs. It strips people of dignity. It rips them out of community. There are families all across our nation and right here in Huntley who have been left on the roadside battered and beaten down by poverty because of debt, because of generational cycles that feel impossible to break. There may be people that we see every day and even people who we don't see. It's people like Kath and Malo, who both put on a very brave face when they went to work, yet they struggled to feed their kids, five of them, on just $60 a week. They came home to a place of resentment and anger. It's Emma, another cat client, who'd struggled to find work and was living in a garage with her son. She had no one to turn to for help, and she felt like a failure as a mum. And it's Sia, a beautiful mum trapped in an endless cycle of debt and repayments and creditors phone calls, wondering if she could even keep going. These situations look something like this. This is what CAP clients tell us. After paying all your bills, you have just $60 a week. That's $8.50 a day to feed a family of five. The amount this is the amount that many cap clients say that they're surviving on when they call us. And if that's all you have, like your 8.50 a day, what happens when the kids get sick? You need a prescription, maybe you need to leave the heater on a little longer because it's winter. Now you have to choose between that grocery money, going towards food, or keeping the house warm. Maybe you skip a meal, maybe that becomes a pattern. Some of you don't even need to imagine this. This might have been your journey. This might be where you are right now. Cap clients tell us that this was normal. Skipping two of three meals on a regular basis. Absolutely no extra for things like basic car maintenance, school clothes, fees. So maybe you choose to borrow some extra money to put food on the table. So you can fix your car so you can get to work. The interest compounds, the repayments are stacking up and it gets harder as the weeks go on. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're hungry. You lose your temper more. Things like belonging starts to shift, you're withdrawing from people because you don't have petrol money to get anywhere, or maybe you can't bring a pot to that potluck dinner. Over time, even your identity can be shaped by this. Things like loneliness, a feeling of failure and hopelessness, fear, perhaps even depression. And there's a shame from social stigma People looking at you, thinking maybe you're not trying hard enough. One client described this as actually the stuff that breaks you. And if we look back at Luke 4, the story of this person on the side of the road and a Samaritan that stops. Just a few chapters before, Jesus had shared about a good Samaritan, Jesus who announced his public ministry by reading from the prophet Isaiah. Jesus said, This is who I am and this is why I'm here. I am here with good news for the poor. I am here to bind up the wounds. I am here to heal the broken hearts. I am here to set prisoners free. His very actions were always moved and guided by compassion, just like we see in the Good Samaritan. His heart was turned towards the poor, those that were hungry, those that were lost. The problem is today there is an enemy who wants to rob people, who wants people to be defined by struggle and being trapped in poverty. But Jesus came, gave his life and rose again to release those who are bound by pain and hopelessness into a life of fullness, into a life of freedom and into a life of joy. He has called us, the church, his followers. He empowers us in this place to enter people's pain, to respond with compassion and to bring his freedom and his joy, his transformation. Fact is that the New Zealand government can help, does help lots of social services out there, right? We know this. But we, the church, can take care of people both practically and spiritually. And this is where CAP comes in. Over the past 11 years, in fact it might nearly be 12 actually, um, Christians Against Poverty has partnered with hundreds of local churches here in Aotearoa to be loving people who are on the side of the road. Today CAP Ministries offer people help to get out and stay out of poverty. And more than that, These ministries are built on a model of compassionate, holistic care that welcome people into community and introduce them to a transforming love, the love of Jesus. So in 2008, when we began Debt Help, this reaches people who are struggling with unmanageable debt. Now the thing is, is it could be any of us. We've all had some debt sometime in our life, but it can become unmanageable. You guys as a church are a part of a whole team across the country who visit clients in their homes, who have made that first call into CAP. People like you guys, and I know there's lots of you in the room who have done this personally, get to know whānau. Take care of immediate practical needs, even things like filling the cupboards. Pray for families, get to know them, provide encouragement by saying you actually are a good mum, you're doing an amazing job. They gather all the debt and all the bills, send them into cap office up in Auckland, and the team advocate on behalf of over 500 clients every day, 500 clients on our books that we are supporting. This team can negotiate with creditors. Who wants to do the admin of negotiating with creditors? Yeah, nah. There's a team in Auckland who do that, that is their job. They build livable budgets, budgets that work, budgets that balance, so that people can begin to pay back their debt at a rate they can afford. And the CAP team work through an average of a two to four year journey until your debt is paid back, supporting people on that entire road. And the church can provide this holistic care, inviting people to church, fixing cars, wrapping clients with love and support. And this is what you guys have been doing here at Huntley for the last five years. I want you to have a guess. Don't put the next slide up yet. How many homes you guys, represented by Jeremy, have visited in the last five years? Have a guess. Not thousands. That might be every home in Huntley, if that was the case. Shall I tell you? It's 89. 89 whanau that Jeremy has walked into the home of. And of that, you can put the next slide up. Of that, 30 people have become debt-free. Yes! That's a cheer right there, everybody. I think you can do better than that. 30 people. 30 people. Yes, 30 families. That's actually, that's not even counting Tamariki who are in that household. There's even more than that. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty amazing. It's pr- right here in Huntley. Yes, including that one. Yeah. And also... Um, four people who have made a commitment to Jesus to follow him on a day-to-day basis. Yes. So I do, um, yeah, I mean, we've said our thank yous to Jeremy, but um, this work has rested on his shoulders. He's got a team of people behind him, but he's led the charge, and um, so we do want to honor him. And of course, the Deer Help Ministry is not the only cat ministry that Huntley Baptist is doing. So um, Release Group is also an amazing service that you guys are doing here. It's a place where people can get honest with themselves and honest with each other about the habits in our lives. If you take a minute right now, I think I might have done this exercise with you guys before, but it's a goodie, to think about something that you wish you could stop, but you haven't been able to. or think about something that you know you really should start that would be really good for you if you could just put yourself together to do it. We've all got these things, eh? Something's probably come to mind for all of us. Release groups is a space where we can acknowledge these things to ourselves and to others, that actually our habits are leading us in a particular direction, unhealthy or healthy, whether we like it or not. And the thing is, they can be really hard to change. So release Group is a place for practical tools to break cycles that we are noticing in our lives and to be supported on that journey of learning new habits, right? So we think about release Groups as five Cs. So the first one is community. It's a place for people to connect, make new friends and learn together. The next one is course. So you can see, I'm gonna test you on this at the end, eh? So the topics that we cover over the eight weeks are things like understanding your triggers and the cycles of going round and round. What gets you on that bandwagon of just that same cycle that you start noticing? Dealing with our emotions like anger, like anxiety, forgiveness, setting milestones and celebrating our growth. The next C is coaching. So we've got two so far, community, course, and coaching is the third one. So we all know the value of a relationship with someone who's just a little bit further along the journey, right? They've got some wisdom for us. Coaching and release group is about one-on-one conversations that provide space to share, to laugh, to cry, and to grow together. The fourth C is celebration. This is so important, guys, because in journeys where we're trying to reset our habits, it's actually really hard. It's really hard. And so sometimes we need to celebrate being sober for a whole week. Like that's a big milestone and something worth celebrating. Ding your bells, high fives all around. Maybe it's just you showed up on the night, honestly. Like that is a win. Ding your bells for just showing up. So celebrating is something that's really, really important as a part of this group, right? Little steps, day-by-day choices, they make a difference and they're worth celebrating. And the last one is, the fifth C, is confidentiality. So if we're gonna start talking about some pretty deep stuff that's close to our hearts, it needs to be a safe place. It Needs to be like what's said in the group is gonna stay in the group. So that last five C's is confidentiality. So actually, the person who started Release Group here in Huntley was Val. That was a little while ago now, I think um, back in 2018 even, I think it was, yeah. So when um, the next addition to the team was Mr. Mark, and um, Val was able to step back a little bit after Mark took over and then of course Rachel, um, Mark's mum, was able to train and setting records all over the show because I don't think we've got any other mum and son team in CAP, so that's exciting. Um, So these guys have really demonstrated an ability to create those five C's in their group with excellence, and we really, again, just want to honour Mark today for his leadership in this space and for his passion um, that he brings to this work. He's really honest with his own story and encourages other people to be honest with theirs, which is, is transformative, right, when you can really be honest with yourself. So, um, oh, yep, skip that bit, already said that. So what I think is really powerful about CAP services is that And this is the best thing about working with the church, actually, too, is that it provides a space for hope, that actually things might be different in the future, that I'm not stuck where I am forever, that there is a way out. And hope is powerful, and hope is needed for that first journey, for that middle part of the journey, and for the end. It's important along the whole way. It starts when someone just has that thought that maybe something might be different for their whanau in the future. It starts with a prayer when someone phones in to CAP. It starts with someone saying, we're here to help. You are not alone. And it starts with the knowledge that people have value, that God loves them, and he has so much more for them. So I brought with me a little something to give away to you all actually today, which is the Nevertheless book. Who's read this book before? I thought there would be a decent proportion. So, but don't you worry, guys, because if, if you haven't read it yet, I've still got more. I've got plenty. So do come and see me, there is a story to that video and to that book and um, it's a story of CAP, it's a story of how we got to where we are today and I'd love to be able to give it away um, to some of you guys who haven't read it already, so do come and chat with me afterwards. But um, before we do that, I want to share the story of Gemma. Gemma, I, I met Gemma actually on a discovery break, which is uh, a break, a free holiday that um, we make available for whānau who are working with CAP. And Gemma came along with her son, Jesse, and she's from Taupo, and she um, ha- was on a real journey for herself as a mum, as a woman, um, just as a human being, figuring out life, right? And so um, this part of Gemma's story is uh, close to the end, and I wanted to share it with you today. This is actually quite fresh um, and quite new and um, so I'd love to just share it with you. I used to just spend money because I thought that's what made me happy and I needed Jesse to have everything because I didn't have any of that growing up. To the point I was in thousands of dollars worth of debt and I didn't even recognise it. I was still sad. It was making me happy but it was only making me happy for a moment. That's the cycle. Coming to CAP, I went on this journey of realising life isn't about that. One thing that I learned straight away was that I don't even know my son. I realised quality time was all that we wanted. It's not, here son, here's a PlayStation. I actually know what True Joy is. I hardly ever spend money on things now. I spend it on time with Jesse, which lasts. True Joy lasts for a really long time. Pretty cool, eh? I love it when she said that the end there. True joy lasts for a really long time. It doesn't come and go. Um, it's a deep, deep joy. And um, so, I'd actually just like to take a minute to just pause and um, ask ourselves the question: Where does our joy come from? I'm just going to leave a minute of silence for us to reflect on that question that Jim is asking. I want to share with you um, kind of a joyful number that we celebrate at CAP quite often. Um, so, in the last you know almost twelve years that CAP has been working in New Zealand, this is the joyful number. Are you ready? Seventy-three million dollars worth of debt and bills has been paid off. Seventy-three million dollars. Isn't that amazing? So that's people, like just ordinary people, their bills being paid off or being written off. It's pretty amazing, this kind of work. And when you think about where your joy comes from, it's such a different way of looking at it, isn't it? My joy comes from buying a PlayStation for my son versus my joy comes from my debt and my bills being paid off, being in control of my money. It's a different thing entirely. And aside from that as well, over 1,500 people have found Jesus. Is that the thing that you're looking at? Are you seeing a familiar face? Yes. So that's pretty exciting, eh? We really want to celebrate um, that people are finding Jesus. That brings us joy, um, a deep joy that lasts. And along this whole journey, Cap never pays a dollar. Clients are doing all the hard work. Clients are doing this themselves. It's people like Gemma who say yes to Jesus that bring us joy. And do you know what? I really love what Murray shared actually about the getting off the bench um, and what serving does because serving brings us joy. It does. It changes us. When we jump in on what God is doing, it actually brings brings us a deep sense of contributing to our community, of participating in the work of God. And so I want to ask you guys some questions, leave you with some questions today. So one is, obviously, where's your joy coming from? Where is it? If we're honest with ourselves, we know where it should be. But if we're really honest, where is it coming from? And then also, I'm very encouraged by lots of gods. I wish it was like that for me all the time. Um... Yeah, but the other thing is, you know, how can you respond to this, guys? So um, if you have seen yourself in one of these stories, maybe you feel like actually you really relate to Gemma or to Emma or to Cap and Marlo. um, You know, these stories are real stories. And if it feels like it relates to you and you feel like you want to give Cap a call, come and see me afterwards. I've got all the info you need. It's not hard. It's one phone call. And um, if you need some support, we can do that as well. Secondly, if you've been thinking you want to help out here in Huntley, you want to get practically involved, Murray's already given you the opportunity, look at that. So there's plenty of space to to get involved, to jump in. And finally, um, if you are inspired by the national work of CAP, what's happening across Aotearoa and New Zealand, these 47 other churches who are also doing this work, I do want to invite you to get involved by giving financially on a regular basis to the work of CAP. As I said, these services are free, they don't cost whānau anything, but they do cost to run. And so if you're passionate about this, if you want to be a part of this kind of national movement, over 3,500 people give to the work of CAP. And so obviously our heart is that you give here first to this church. That's important. But if you're also passionate about CAP, please um, have a look at the form on your seat. All the information you need is there. And there is a pen. Come and chat with me afterwards. So as you consider how you're going to respond um, you know, what's the best and most appropriate way for you. I'd love to just pray to close, eh? Lord, I just thank you that, um, you know, you saw us on the side of the road and you stopped to help us. Lord, we want to follow you day by day, moment by moment. We want to walk down that road through the hard places, and we want to love people, serve people. And Lord, we want to find our joy in you, find a joy that lasts, a joy that is deep. So we invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to our hearts. And I pray that um, we would be listening to you right now in this moment, but also tomorrow, and also Tuesday, and also Wednesday. Help us to follow you. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at nz, or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.